Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's broadcast. You're listening to Calvary Live, and grateful to have you all join us from wherever you are in the country, even around the world, online at gracefm.com. Be sure to download the free app uh, from here at GraceFM, gracefm.com. Uh, is the website, and you can put in uh, Grace FM. You know, I found this um, uh, app that wasn't from us that's Grace FM, kind of like taking our stream and using it. So make sure you get the right Grace FM app. Click through from the website, uh, and we'd love to have you there. And, of course, you're listening to this on another station, the Radio by Grace Network, Truth FM, Hope FM. Uh, you can get their local, you know, support your local Christian radio uh, and do that. Stay connected. Stay connected with the teachers that bless you. Stay connected with us, with Calvary Live. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always reach out to me directly through my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. Email me through there and uh, connect with me in what I'm writing or our podcast, Just Relaunch Season 3. Uh, relaunched yesterday, or a day before yesterday. Uh, it's a leadership podcast, help you grow in serving the Lord, but also as a believer, the principles and precepts, uh, they apply wherever you are, at work, at home. Uh, and just one of the passions of mine, or w- one of the desires of mine, is just to develop men and women uh, in ministry, just like I'm constantly growing and learning in ministry. I like to share that. So you can go to your podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and we're right there. And it's called Lead with the number two, Serve. Lead to Serve. A lot going on. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. That's the number to get on the air uh, to talk with me. And then you can text me a question, and you could do that at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven, 0897 and you can use that number 24 hours, 7 days a week for our prayer line. You can text us prayer requests and we'll pray through them here. And remember, uh, we're still working on the technology that's needed to bring this uh, program live to your local station. So here's how it works. If you're not listening on Grace FM, then the program is one week delayed. Uh, And it's actually a very convenient way to deliver the program. It's a convenient way to receive it. Um, And here's how it works. You wouldn't really know the difference if you called, because if you call, then we're going to answer the phone. We're going to answer your call. We're going to answer your question. You're going to be on the air live throughout Grace FM and online. And then you'll be able to hear the program one week later on your local station. Uh, So you uh, were live on Grace FM, unless there's an encore presentation that's necessary. And then everywhere else, you guys are hearing this one week delayed, which is um, a good way that we're able, it's easy for all of us. Because, you know, the radio station you're listening to right now is not a 
corporation. It's a church. And as a church, limited resources, limited staff, uh, it just makes things easier for those running the station. Uh, and eventually, uh, we're going to go live. We're working on it, talking about it. Uh, we just got to figure out a few little questions that come up uh, that are going to make it work. But here's the thing. Uh, would you please consider uh, giving to Grace FM or to your local Christian radio station? It means the it means a lot to those that are that are paying the bills. Uh, and, you know, any amount matters. Trust me. If you make a commitment $5 a month, you make a commitment $50 a month, you make a you're able because you've been blessed to do more than that. Uh, believe me, it all adds up because literally thousands of people listen to radio. Uh, thousands of people, you know, in, in different days, different hours, 24 hours, seven days a week. Uh, it's a, a powerful medium. And the station you're listening to is owned by a church. I mean, it's really owned by the Lord, right? And trusted to us. Uh, and and every little bit counts, and I've been just so encouraged uh, this last year looking at Grace FM uh, and the giving. You guys are so faithful, and thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness, uh, and we. if you can't give or don't want to give, don't worry about it. Um, that's between you and the Lord. Perfectly okay. Uh, we're not kind of those ministries that are going to guilt you or you know, make you all upset and like, oh, we're not going to, we'll be off the air if you don't give. Like, that's not, if we need to be off the air, the Lord will take us off the air. It's no, you know, that's the way it is. Um, but it's not like that. And so I just, I just share that on purpose, um, uh, you know, intentionally. So you know that we're not, that's not how we're asking, but we are asking and you may not know that there's a need. Uh, and so go to the, if you're listening on the Radio by Grace Network, they have a website listening on Truth FM, website and app. Uh, Hope FM website and app, of course, here in Grace FM. So thanks for your faithfulness. Thanks for your giving. And then as we're waiting for phone calls, 303-690-3000, uh, we are also a reminder that uh, I want to th say thank you for everyone that prayed for me. Um, after, first of all, we had a glorious water baptism yesterday here at the church. We had it indoors. Uh, it was super cold too. It's like super cold outside. So we wouldn't have done it outside, but the last time we tried to try to make a you know big deal out on the parking lot and lightning chased us away and when you know it we close everything we have some kind of rule uh you know after lightning wait an hour or something well when you know it we shut down and the lightning went away it's like oh man uh, so we rescheduled and we did it last night and uh, uh i don't know what the final numbers are uh maybe 60 70 people uh were water baptized and a uh, glorious time wonderful time um testimonies the testimonies were amazing um i i might i'm going to share let me write it down here so i don't forget i want to share leroy's testimony with you uh during the program today unbelievable um beautiful but might be hard for some to hear um but it it was it's a beautiful testimony his his daughter and grandkids were getting baptized last night one of his granddaughters um man he shared it with me little you know how you get testimonies and you get little by little um so he shared another part with me last night um, but i want to get to some phone calls here i want to get to the texts so again 303-690-3000 720-336-0897 is the text number let's go right to the phone lines here in denver colorado justin welcome to the program hey pastor 
Pastor Ed. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, so I had a question. Um, during COVID, I started attending um, a Calvary Chapel in, in Longmont with Pastor Nick Katie. Um, yes. I really enjoy it, but now that my my old church is opened up again, they, they've kind of wanted me to kind of come back and start, um, like, being a part of, like, other leadership roles there. I've, I've never um, stopped giving my tithes to the missions fund there. The only reason why I'm calling, really, is because they, after kind of attending Whitefield, I realized... Um, they have like a very progressive theology. They're 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 Bible based, but they don't. I don't know. Sometimes the like the the pastor's a woman. They belong to the ELCA, um, and so I just in like I don't know. I just I'm just trying to I guess get clarity on to like the decision to be made of like attending both churches, like serving at both You're- churches. Sure. Um, and just are, kind are of you... focusing on my priority, and also like I don't know, not abandoning those believers. I guess I don't know. Okay, well, let. Are you ready? Are you sitting down somewhere where you can take notes? Um, I'm driving right now. Okay, let me make it easy for you. That was I was going to use that as a little joke, but I'm going to make it easy for you. Ready? Don't go back. Okay. Stay at the church that's teaching you the word, that's going to pastorally care for you, that is not going to confuse you, uh, that is spiritually healthy for you. Uh, The church that you described is not healthy, not um, in a lot of different things, just not the right place for you. Um, I understand your connection to them. I understand your friendships and where that's possible. Stay friends. Stay connected to people. Love them. Encourage them. I'm sure there's real believers there like you are. Uh, You were a real believer in a really bad church. uh, And through the COVID and the pandemic, um, God moved you. And now you see, looking back, that that's not a healthy place for you. And um, I, I think that you should stay in the healthy church that you're in right now. Begin tithing to it uh, and say goodbye to your previous church. Uh, and okay. Nick Kate, you, um, you know, I a couple of things, Justin, and then I'll let you follow up. Uh, number one, call tomorrow and talk to Nick about it because he'll be doing the show tomorrow. Yeah. And you can get you can get counsel directly from him, you know, as he's pastoring and shepherding you with his team. But the the second thing I would add is is the reality of the, the need that you have to follow the Lord. And if Nick wasn't my friend and I didn't know that church and you just said, uh, well, it's a real strong uh, First Baptist Church of Longmont. They teach the Bible. And I'd say the same thing. Um, I'm saying it with a little more confidence because I know Nick personally. I know the health of his church. Uh, I have served there, uh, taught there. Uh, I, I love Nick and I love the ministry there, but even if it wasn't Nick and you were in another healthy church and community, I would tell you stay in that healthy church. Okay. Yeah. And I, the, I guess like I was going to still, um, be attending Whitefield. Like I love it there. Um, I guess it was kind of just like still serving that community. And I don't know how often I would be going to their services. Um, but like, I don't know. I just, I guess, and that's kind of why I'm 
trying to call and, and find out more about that, like the biblical guidance, just because I don't know. I was listening to, I think it was uh, John Geraci, and it was, I don't know, it was just like not mixing up your prior, your priority and like, I don't know, getting uh, like in a convoluted situation where like maybe the enemy is like trying to like, you know, loop me back in there. And But like, I don't know, I just feel, I don't know, I just kind of felt like abandoning them. I don't know, I just, it's like... Those, like are, those are real those know. are real feelings, Justin. I, I I wouldn't want to minimize them. This is why a lot of people stay in bad churches uh, and why they shrivel up and why they don't grow spiritually because there is a love connection. You have a real, true love relationship with God, which has also led you to have a real, true love relationship with the people that you've met in this congregation. And that's real, and that'll never end. Uh, however, if... If you stay in an unhealthy place, then you're going to become unhealthy. Because a lot of times people will say, I want to stick around because I can make a difference and I want to, and, and that, I've never heard a success story of that. Uh, I've never heard a success story where, you know, Pastor Ed, uh, I can't, I'm, I'm in this horrible church and, and I don't mean, I'm not saying that you know, that church you're describing is horrible, but I'm in this church and you know, they're, they're teaching this and they're teaching that. And I just believe I need to stick around and be a force for change. Well, you're, you, you won't be, you, you will just get swallowed up in the false doctrine. You'll be swallowed up in the false teaching and the progressive liberalism, uh, of theology, which is way more dangerous than the progressive liberalism politically. Um, and you know, it's it, the, the, the reality of, of what you described even though it's a battle to to move on, I mean the Lord's already done it for you. So now the real question is, should I go back? And the answer is no. That's that's my counsel. I mean it's your decision, but I, I you, you will you will see over time what spiritual health will do for your life. Yeah. Okay. Then I guess it's kind of the follow up is they do have like it's like Nicaragua Missions Fund and like I've been. Like, that's where I do my tithe is at that church. And then they, like, they, I don't know, they, they help out, like, a, a preschool in Samoto in Nicaragua. And so now, I'm, I don't know, I'm like, I haven't stopped my tithe there. Like, okay. would I stop my tithe, too, if I were to, like, for sure, like, cut ties with them? Like, I, like, I feel bad yeah. about that, too. Like, the you know, people in Nicaragua that, I don't know. Okay, well, let's make it easy. Let me. I'm not in your situation, so let me help you make it easier. Um, When we speak of giving of our tithes and offerings, um, we give to the local church of which we're a part of. That's who gets the tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord, so we tithe to our church, whatever our local church is, and with the offerings and with whatever excess we have, we can give to anyone that we want to. And I'm sure it will take just a little bit of homework to find out how to give to that particular orphanage um, without giving to the church that you came from. Um, I'm, you will be able to continue. Um, I'm, and before you hang up, I'm just going to pray for you because this is a real battle that you're going through, a real spiritual battle. But everything that you want to accomplish for God, you can still do. Uh, you can do more. Um, it, it is... It is going to be okay, Justin. You're going to be fine as the Lord leads you on. And you will be able to support those kids, the orphans. And I, I suspect that you're going to be able to do far more uh, in what God has called you to do. And 
And so, Father, I pray for Justin. I know it's a wrestling in his heart. I can uh, I can hear in him a real, true, genuine love for you, uh, a real, true, genuine um, desire uh, to honor you, and and really a wrestling about his fellowship family that he came from, and now this amazing revelation that it was a very unhealthy place theologically, uh, and God, we place a lot of emphasis on our relationships, but God lead us to place a greater uh, a greater emphasis on our theology. And so thank you, God, for Justin and his honesty, and lead him and guide him. Your word says that if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, if we acknowledge you in all our ways, you will direct our paths. And I pray that into Justin's life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks very much, Pastor. I appreciate it. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Again, this is a common, uh, maybe not necessarily just COVID-related, but having to go to another church, making a decision. I just met a brother uh, here at Calvary last Sunday. I think he was in his last church 14 years uh, and came to a very similar conclusion, different reasons, but similar conclusion. Um, and let me be clear just for you listening in, it, it, it isn't that, uh, you know, so I'm sharing my perspective and of course, Nick Katie, another local church here, a friend of mine, but, but it's what I'm not saying is we're the best church. What I'm not saying is we have everything perfect, um, at all that that's, I'm certain that there have been times where people left Calvary for another church because they felt like another one, um, was going to help them or bless them or whatever, which is fine. Go wherever the Lord's leading you. But there is a difference between a church that teaches the Bible rather than teaching from the Bible. There is a difference in a church that believes in the historic Christian faith, that believes the Bible says what it says, as it did to the audience it was written to, inspired by the Holy Spirit, rather than churches and gatherings that teach that, um, you know, whatever the Bible is, it's some kind of cultural relevance and, you know, those types of things, uh, progressive theology and just things that are not biblical. And they might be culturally relevant, but it's gonna, this this cultural wave is going to pass and thus something new is going to come. And another cultural wave is going to pass, something new is going to come. But the reality is, is that the word of God stands and it, it has a meaning. God wrote it for a purpose. It is universally applicable. It is universally re- relevant and and we are a church, our Calvary family of churches here in Colorado teach the Bible. We don't just dabble in it. We teach verse by verse, you know, pick up verse by verse. Like, like, even last night, uh, teaching uh, the conference in India by Zoom, I got to teach a Bible conference in India right after service last night. Uh, and I thank you guys for praying. I mentioned the baptism. I forgot. This is what I want to thank you for. Thank you for praying. We had a great time. And I taught through the entire chapter of Acts chapter 23. And I would say verse 1. And then the interpreter would read it and I would teach it. And then I'd say, now let's read verses 2 through 5. The interpreter would read them. I would teach it. Now let's read verses 6 through. And we teach verse by verse. There is a power in the word of God. Remember what Paul said? Paul said that. I'm not ashamed. I had to think about it. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power 
unto salvation for all who believe, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So you guys listening in, maybe you're listening to Grace, M- Grace, says, Grace FM for the first time, um, and you're you're wondering about Bible teaching. Like there is there is something, and it's not fancy, and it's not all super exciting, and it can be very, I don't know, pedantic perhaps. Or you know, you, we've been a church 22 years. You, you come in and you go, oh, Ed, you're teaching the Book of Acts verse by verse. What are you gonna? When are you gonna stop doing that? Never. I'm never gonna stop teaching verse by verse. Ever. Never. Ever. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand uh vina welcome to the program you're calling in from greeley colorado yes sir i have a question uh about how judas died i was reading through the bible and in acts one it says with the reward he got for his wickedness with the money judas bought a field judas bought the field there he fell headlong his body burst open all his intestines fell out everyone in jerusalem heard about this so they called that field in their language akadama that is filled of blood and then on matthew 27 verse 5 it says so judas threw the money into the temple and left so he didn't have the money then he went away and hanged himself the chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy a potter's field a bury- as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. I'm a little bit confused. I know the Bible doesn't contradict itself. It's just sure. these two authors are, I guess, are focusing on different things that have happened, but how how does it all work together? Did G, uh, did uh, Judas hang himself, or did he burst open? Did he buy the field of blood, or did the Pharisees? How did this happen? That's a great, that's a great question, and it's a great observation that you're making. Uh, the, the, when you were reading the scriptures, uh, many people, both well-meaning like you, and also critics of the Bible, will read something like this and say, Allah, there it is, a, a contradiction. And, you know, one author saying one thing and one author saying another thing, and there it is, contradiction. Um, but first we need to understand what a contradiction is, um, because the Bible contains many problematic passages, and the Bible contains many supposed uh, contradictions. This is a very popular one. Um, but... A contradiction by definition uh, is an act or an instance of contradicting a propositional statement or phrase that asserts or implies both the truth and the falsity of something, uh, that statements that contradict each other, that are opposing to each other. And so there, you just read Acts chapter 1, where you have a couple of supposed contradictions. Number one, how was the field bought? Uh, And the... The field was bought by Judas, Um, and the reason I believe the field was bought by Judas is that that money that he threw into the temple was his. So when he wanted to try to give it back, throwing it into the temple, uh, they they took it and used his money to purchase a field. Uh, And so that's the way of saying that I believe the authors are saying that when you put the two accounts together— you see that they're not contradicting at all, but they're actually complementary. Um, that 
the money that belonged to him. They gave to him. They're not going to take it back. Why? Because it's blood money. So they're not taking it back. They're not going to keep it in their back pocket. Uh, it's betrayal money. So they take the money and they buy this field. Um, and then with, with the killing himself and the, um, and the branch breaking, you know, the, the, this is where when you look at a contradiction, you actually say, no, uh, this isn't contradicting. They actually go together. You're right. The authors have, have, ha, are reporting two different things. And as you put them together, you see that this is how it completely played out. And so Judas hung himself, just like Matthew says. But when we get to the book of Acts, we have what's added to after he hung himself. He fell and his body opened and his intestines gushed out. Uh, and this was this is what you would happen. This is what you could expect of someone that was hanged uh, and felt and had a tree that was over a cliff, and there were sharp rocks below. So, what you're seeing is um, exactly what you suggested. Is you were thinking it through that these passages complement one another. They don't necessarily contradict. For example, a real contradiction would be uh, in case of like this. Uh, that Matthew would say something like Judas hung himself, and then the book of Acts, it would say Judas shot himself. Um, and I mean, I guess you could put it together that Judas shot himself, uh, and then it didn't kill him, and then he hung himself. That's a possibility, but the, a real contradiction uh, is when there are two statements that are complete opposite and they're irreconcilable. Yeah. Okay, I understand now. He hung himself... Somehow he fell off from being hung. He fell on the ground. His intestines burst open. Okay, I understand that. And, uh, and what you said about uh, him buying the field, well, he's the betrayer. He's the one that got the ball rolling. Even though he he felt sorry for what he'd done and he gave the the money back to the Pharisees, it was still his money to give back to the Pharisees. I understand yeah, and you know, I would even I would even suggest this with Judas. I wouldn't say so much he felt sorry for himself, uh, or he felt sorry for doing this, or that he really ever truly repented. Um, I re I think that he's trying to distance himself from his own sinful behaviors, um, and and it, it all the way to the point where he's so consumed by his own failure and his own sin that he says, "There's no better thing for me than not to live." And so, you know, th throwing that money, getting it away from it, so I don't want anything to do with this. I, I, I don't, I, I, that, that I don't want it now. Or, you, you know, the Pharisees are like, oh, "We don't want your money, bro." Like that, that I don't want your money. You, you took it, and so everything that money belongs to you. Um, and let me suggest, there's a great book. You have to get it used. Um, but you can buy this book used. It's very, very good. It's called When Critics Ask by Norman Geisler. When Critics Ask. It's a super thick book on supposed Bible difficulties. Super, super good. When Critics, critics Ask. Ask. And uh, what's the name of the author? Norman what? I'll spell it for you. G E I. S L E R. Okay, thank you. This is, You're welcome. I will look into that. Okay, perfect. God bless you, sister. Pastor, you all right. Bye bye. So much when I call it, oh. I appreciate it. God bless. You're you. welcome. Bye bye. All right, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Taking your calls. 
and your questions, uh, growing in grace, allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us. It's so good, so encouraging, so fulfilling Like to grow in grace together. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the first half already. Uh, so there's a couple open lines if you want to use them, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. That's the number to call, taking your calls and your questions. And then uh, I want to, I think I'll open up the second half with Leroy's testimony uh, last night. Uh, I just think it'll be encouraging, um, uh, really encouraging. And it's a little hard for me to share. Uh, and I'll tell you why just on a personal level, but I'm not going to let that stop me because I want you to hear it. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be strengthened. So I'll, I'll share a little bit right when we get back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. This is Calvary Live. I want to give a shout out to everyone listening on the Radio by Grace Network, you know, listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, uh, here, of course, on Grace FM. Um, our friends in California, our friends in Idaho, welcome, welcome, welcome. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. That's to get on the air with me, 720-336-0897. So one of the things in our water baptisms uh, that we get, we get to talk to different people waiting in line to get baptized uh, we get to talk to them if they're in the water. Uh, yesterday, I had the privilege. I didn't do a lot of water baptism yesterday. A lot of the guys did it, but I walked the lines uh, talking to them, making sure that they understood what they were doing. They can confess Jesus, listening to their stories. And of course, Leroy was there with his family, uh, his daughters and his granddaughters. And he was. I was on that side of the room and on that line over there. And as I came to them, just listening to them, and, uh, I baptized, I had the privilege of baptizing one of his daughters uh, a few months ago in one of the rec centers here, and now his other daughter and granddaughters are getting baptized. And, and we were talking through, um, and, and he added another part of his testimony. So here's, his, here's part of his testimony. Leroy's been a part of our church for a long time, off and on, uh, you know, just a, a, a typical brother walking with the Lord, ups and downs, you know, faults and failures, you know, it, a, just a, a brother that loves the Lord, but but also um, has had his days of struggle and difficulty. And and he happens to be in a season right now of progressing and walking with the Lord, strong with the Lord. Uh, it's encouraging. And uh, not too long ago, uh, after a Sunday service, his daughter came up to me uh, with a picture on her phone. And it was a picture of Leroy in the hospital suffering from COVID, serious COVID complications in a coma. And as you can imagine, uh, she was desperately uh, in pain, convulsively crying. And I just stopped. I said, let's pray. We need to pray for your dad right now. And so we did. We prayed. Uh, I don't remember what I prayed. It was in the moment. Um, and you know, we got her some tissue and, and she left to go back and visit him in the hospital. And, and as, as always, I said, give me an update, please let me know, tell us what we can do to serve you. Uh, and that kind of update. Well, I didn't hear from her that week. 
But she did return the following Sunday. Uh, the following Sunday, within seven days, within seven days, she comes back. She has her phone with her again, but this time it's a live FaceTime video with Leroy. He's awake. He's a little out of it. Uh, he has some memory issues and things. He's out of it, but there he is. And I talk to him. I go, dude, Leroy, we're talking FaceTime right after service. Uh, man, we prayed for you, bro. We're glad you woke up and, uh, you know, we're praying and interceding and we we're just like, you know, because Lemar and I, we've been together like many, many years. We've been through a lot together at this church. And um, yes, well, seven days later, <laughs> seven days later, after service, Sunday morning, I am hugging Leroy at the stage. He's back in church. The Lord did a great work in him. And so now here he is last night. And last night, we're baptizing his other daughter, baptizing his granddaughter. And he gave, there was a couple things about last night. And this is the beauty, church, of being involved in community, being involved with one another, uh, watching, you know, not giving up on each other. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. So here's Leroy. He is um, praying over his daughter because we like to involve the families when they're getting baptized. So there he is praying over his daughter. And it was such a sweet thing. Uh, so sweet. I want to follow up with him about this. Um, but he looks at his daughter and he says, I just want, please forgive me for all the mistakes I've made in your life. And it it was absolutely genuine, sincere, and I wonder, and I didn't talk to him about it last night, but I wonder what was on his mind? Uh, what what was he asking? Like, what, what did the Lord reveal to him that there was just a burden lifted right there? And of course, his daughter forgave him. It was amazing. And then he added one more part to the story, uh, and that is that his granddaughter, who also was baptized last night, uh, he she was the one that was saying, Grandpa, Grandpa, wake up. And he says, I heard her voice. <laughs> Man, it was so good. But I'll tell you, it's hard for me to share that because my son uh, was in a coma. And uh, we waited and waited and waited. And um, our voice, our voice, our voice. But there were others that made decisions for him that decided not to wait for him to wake up. And it was... Uh, it was and is the, one of the most painful uh, things I've ever experienced. But it's not going to stop me from sharing the testimony of other people that did wait. Um, you know, we we waited for our son, for our brother. Uh, but there were those that said, no, no, it's over. Not going to happen. What do you mean? Uh, it happens all the time. Of course it does. And you know... Um, I'm grateful for Leroy. I'm grateful for this story. I'm grateful to be able to rejoice with him. And uh, it's okay. The Lord is at work. <laughs> and, you know, some things aren't okay. Um, that's for sure. But praise God for Leroy and his daughters and granddaughters. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Where are we on the line? Let's see here. We are at uh, Brian, Brian, line three in Westminster. Welcome to the program. Thank you. You are on the air, Brian. What can I do for you? So I've got a question for you that's 
really disturbing to me, and I, I, I hate that it's even crossed my mind um, because it it's a huge distraction, and I try to focus, you know, where where's my focus supposed to be in distractions? I try to stay away from. But when... So Jesus came to the earth and he died on the cross to reconnect us back to to the Lord, right? To pay for our sins. And then he resurrected three days later. My, my, I, I don't know if it's so much of a question, but this is so heavy on my heart. So did, did God really sacrifice or, or because he knew Jesus was going to come back to life? No. So like our sons or our children, if, some, if one of them were to die, we would think that's done, that they're, they're never coming back. But if we had the notion that they were going to be back in three days, wouldn't that be perceived a whole lot different? Well, it's a great question. You know, this is one of the difficulties that we have in understanding the eternal, right? Because we can only explain it. We can only explain the eternal with our temporal lives, with our own experiences, with how we see things, how we examine, and how we live through things. But I think even so, even through our human limitations, I think we can process um, the reality of what God the Father did in sending his own Son. You know, the description of the eternal Son of God coming to earth and taking on the form of a human being, uh, the the reality of, of what it cost for him to come to earth, the pain that he experienced, the, the, that he endured, the real death that he experienced, and what Jesus experienced in his resurrection happened much quicker than how it will happen with you and me, but it'll happen with you and me nonetheless. Um, it happened, you know, again, I didn't sacrifice my son, but in re- reality of the loss of my son, my son is in the presence of Jesus Christ right now, no matter how it happened, no matter how um, difficult and unjust it might be, he's in the presence of the Lord. And, and I receive that. He's there faster than I am, uh, but Jesus experiences death and resurrection and ascension into heaven uh, much quicker. So what we have to ask ourselves is, is any pain real pain? Um, because, oh, and another question to ask as you process this is, just because I know something's going to happen, does that alleviate the pain of experiencing it? Like, let, let's take an example. You and I driving and... We're in the car, and we can see up ahead that there's going to be a serious accident, and we're going to be involved in it. And now we have knowledge, and we're bracing ourselves and trying to avoid it and everything, but we still experience it. Uh, did we any less experience it because we saw it ahead of time? Right, okay. And, and the answer is no. Um, but it's different, right? Because we're human, so we're experiencing it differently. But the lack, just the fact that we know ahead of time how it's going to happen, I don't believe is going to minimize the real, true experience of the event, um, and even the event, even even the way that the death and resurrection of Jesus is described. There was a real separation described. Um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, there are two parties mentioned. That That's a messianic psalm. It's what Jesus cried out on the cross. But but And so we get it from his perspective, the eternal son of God. But there are two people, there are two, as addressed to the Father, 
that is experiencing that one event. And yeah, it, is it different because God, because of God? Yeah, it is different, right? It because He's God and we're not, so it is different. And it, it, your experience of real loss um, is going to be experienced different than God's experience of real loss. But same with Jesus, you know, the same questions asked of Jesus, right? Um, and it's really a philosophical question more than it is a biblical question of the reality of, well, if Jesus was God, then could he have sinned? And the answer, of course, is no, he's God. And then they go, well, then how could he really face temptation? Well, what do you mean how could he really face temptation? He faced temptation without sin. And then we, then the, the philosophical argument, well, he was God. You know, well, well, what do you mean? What does that mean exactly? Um, he was God. Like, how does that mean that he didn't face temptation like you and I did? And in the strength of the Holy Spirit, resist it. Uh, and, you know, it is troubling. But when you begin to think of we're created in the image of God. So everything we experience is actually similar to what God the Father experienced with the exception of sin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, I struggle with, and I shouldn't say I struggle with that, but I, I just think it's a horrible thought that entered my mind. And I appreciate you walking me through to try to get a different point of view on it. And let me let me encourage you in that it it's it's probably not as a horrible a thought as you think it is like kind of taking it personally because you're growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and one of the ways that we grow is by asking questions and asking for clarification and yeah my mind's thinking now wait a minute isn't that like like you you might even feel a little guilty I'm questioning God but he invites you uh, according to Isaiah um, according to the Isaiah, he says, he, he invites you to come, let us reason together. And God is a reasonable God and he can handle your questions and he can handle your concerns. And you, you know, like even the previous caller, he can handle, handle anyone who goes, you know, this looks like a contradiction and say, well, no, it's not as much a contradiction as you think, but it's good that you ask the question because questions lead to answers and answers, truth, you know, answers and truth always lead to God. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You're welcome, brother. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303. I want to pray for my brother who just received um, a text or a message that said um, their friend just said their marriage is over, quote, end quote. And uh, so he's going to be calling them a little bit later. So I pray for my brother, Lord. I pray for Brother Kay, who has a friend uh, that his experience, their marriage is over, and I pray that you would give him the words of encouragement and strength. Uh, I know he's such a great friend uh, in every season, and let that friendship be exalted, uh, well, I mean exemplified, I should say, uh, as he calls him later today to encourage his friend on the brokenness of a marriage, and perhaps even, God, I pray for that brother that uh, maybe it, their marriage can be rescued, and Things can change in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. Heading out to Memphis, Tennessee. Caesar, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Um, so my question is how to apply the love, like what it says, 
husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church, and so much that he gave his life for. Yes. How do you apply that to a wife? Like, and I know like the surface value, but I need it in my mind because you know sure. God sees in secret. But I want to do it from my mind and not just an action. You bet. I, and I think I wouldn't minimize so much the actions though, because actions do come from the mind. Um, but that's a great question, right? Because we're not Christ, and we're not going to die on the cross for our wives. But we have to pull from that. We have to pull from that the the characteristics that Jesus displayed in his life on the cross, you know, heading to the cross. The first one for a husband uh, with his wife, the one that seems to be most obvious to me is that I live my life in a self-sacrificing way toward my wife. That As I love her, I live, I live my life in a self-sacrificing way. That means I think of her more than I think of myself. That means I serve her. That means I think about how I can help her, how I can bless her. I don't wait to be asked. I I think of her by, you know, like Ephesians says, I wash her with the water of the word. Like, like I care for her. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So as you begin to think of the life of Jesus in his totality, and you distill from that his willingness to give everything that he had, his willingness to endure any problem, his willingness to... Um, do do things to the point of his own pain and his own loss. I have found that uh, when you express that kind of love to your wife, um, that's a powerful thing. And then secondly, Caesar, have you ever heard of the book, uh, The Five Love Languages? I have, yes. That, to me, that, that really helped me in my marriage because this is this is how this is where i often hit a roadblock with my wife uh, i will do something for her in my mind to bless her that is actually super easy for me uh, you know like 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 lately i've been washing her car okay i've been yeah. really taking an effort to keep her car clean uh, and to wash her car but in many ways, my wife doesn't really care if her car is washed or not. It's not that big a deal. She doesn't care. She kind of uses it as a work thing and puts wood in it, and she doesn't really care. I mean, I, she likes, you know, she appreciates me washing her car, but she would rather have me clean the house. And you know what I don't want to do? Clean the house. Like, who <laughs> Like I, like who wants to do that? Like, I mean, I mean, I'm just being honest with you, straight up. Like, I think she would be truly overwhelmed if I would create a new habit of cleaning the house more often because that, that would minister to her. Uh, and this has always been like, these are a couple things that like it, it's no excuse. It's just something that is an aversion in me. Uh, maybe cause I, uh, it doesn't matter why, but like if that loving, that loving your wife, as Christ loved the church is a individual thinking of what how she receives love not hey you know i wash your car what the heck do you want from me and then she goes, oh, i want you to clean the house and he's like i don't want to clean the house and now now love becomes an argument um when i already know these things um same thing with like flowers you know my wife is not a big fan of flowers she doesn't she, you know the, the husbands will bring flowers home and why like marie's she'll take them but she, she's she's not into that like that's not her deal she's always been that way um but what do i do I bring her flowers and I just can't expect to, I mean, I'm displaying love to her, um, but I can't expect her 
to be somebody that she's not. I need to love her who she is. Yeah. Uh, and can I also throw in another little side note before we get off of here? Uh, of course. The man that you just prayed for right before you took my call with his marriage problems, yes. I want to tell him when he looks in the Bible to try not to fix his wife. Fix himself, and that will fix his wife. And that's where I'm at right now. God is showing me that. So I want to jumpstart him into something better. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, Caesar. That's a good word. you know. And, and I have—let uh, me make a recommendation to you where you're sitting right now. Um, it is a book. It's a resource called How uh, Married and How to Stay That Way. Married okay. and How to Stay That Way. It is a resource from a friend of mine, a pastor in California. His name is Steve Carr, C-A-R-R. C-A-R-R. All right, I got you on that. This is a super good resource, especially the first couple chapters where what we just talked about uh, is really put out very practically where how you can build your marriage together by being a better person in Christ. Uh, how you can love, like the greatest thing, it's a great question doubling back to what you asked. One of the greatest thing, ways that you can love your wife as Christ loved the church is to be a man fully absorbed in his relationship with Jesus, abiding in Christ, drawing wisdom uh, from him, uh, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind so that you can love your wife uh, and love your neighbor as she's your closest neighbor. And I want to pray for your marriage. I know these are hard times. And and uh, if it wasn't for the grace of God, Brother Caesar, I wouldn't be married for 32 years. Uh, God yeah. has done a work in my wife's life. She, he has done a work in my life. And we are continuing to grow in marriage. But it was, it was bad and hard for a while. Uh, really, really hard in my marriage. And uh, most of the problem was me. And God had to really get a hold of my heart. Uh, baptized me in his Holy Spirit. And, you know, we're still growing in marriage. So I pray for my uh, God. I pray for my brother Caesar and his marriage. I pray just where he is in his walk with you. Um, just the, the emotions that he carries, uh, the difficulties he faces. I pray that you would give him wisdom. And as he does seek to develop his life and his walk with you, I pray for his wife, God, that you would soften her heart. Soften her heart, God, and bring her to a place of surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Keep us up to date, Caesar. I'll sure do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're almost done. I'm going to take another call, but uh, we're almost done. And and I was thinking we are on um, in our Abounding Grace radio our Bible teaching ministry here, we are in the middle of a series I did on family matters. And I spent, uh, in the series, we also added the studies I did in Peter. So there are two studies on marriage, or there's a study on marriage, two studies on husband, two studies on wife. And I think they'd be very helpful uh, related to this question as well. Aurora, Colorado, line two is Matthew. Welcome to the program. Yes, hi. Hi. I wanted to address this and ask you this question about once saved, always saved. 
Okay. And I actually describe it in detail a little bit better, but there's some churches and some people believe that once you're saved, you're always saved, meaning let's say you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior when you're 15 or you're 20, and then you go on, you go on uh, after you've been saved and you, you just keep sinning. And you keep sinning and you have that mentality, well, Jesus died on the cross for my sin. So since he did that, I can sin. I've been saved. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but it's okay that I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And you continue to do these things. I want to know, are you going to heaven once saved, always saved, just because of, great, because you accept the Lord? That's a great Lord. question. And, There's actually yeah. two parts to that question. Um, the first part is related to salvation and the nature of salvation. And I believe the Bible teaches that salvation is eternal and that you cannot lose it. You can't lose something that you never gained before. You can't lose something that you worked for. It's God alone who saves, and his salvation is eternal. Also, part of the package of salvation is a changed life. You become a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You forsake sin. You leave sin behind. Uh, you don't become sinless. That Bible is very clear but you absolutely sin less. You have less sin in your life. So that's, I don't like the phrase, once save, always save. I don't like that. I'd rather talk about it uh, just the way I did. Like, what does the Bible say about salvation? Because uh, the once save, one always save kind of leads to what you describe secondly. The person you describe secondly doesn't sound like a believer to me. Uh, that Those are not the characteristics of a true, real believer. That's like saying, I got married to this, I got married to woman number one, but I'm running around with every other woman in town. Is that person really living out the true marriage covenant that they entered into? Um, no, they probably didn't mean it to begin with. Um, they, they, because your lifestyle will reflect your beliefs. Um, not to say that there aren't episodes of being, you know, falling away, making stupid decisions, but what you described is a person living in sin. And the Bible couldn't be clearer that a person living in sin will not go to heaven, period. There's no other way around that. Um, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, the Bible says. Uh, and so the person you described, I would be very, very concerned with, and I would call them to repentance. I would call them to uh, humility you know, this is what the Bible says. You ready? In Galatians 5.19, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Now these are the works of the flesh. So these are episodic. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, partying, and the like. And this is what he says. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice, that's the key word, those who practice such things, this is their life, they're not going to heaven. No. Okay. That makes and so perfect sense. Here's how we approach it at Calvary, because I don't know who's saved or not saved. I'm not God, right? So if you mm -hmm. say you're a believer, I'll treat you like a believer, and I'll hold you to okay. account in the scriptures. Number two, if you say you're a believer and you act like an unbeliever, I will evangelize you and call you to a biblical uh, to a biblical command of repentance and living for Jesus. 
And if you're not a believer and you act like an unbeliever, I'm going to I'm going to evangelize you. So either way, any of those three, if you're a believer, I'm going to hold you to a account. If you say you're a believer, then we will hold you to a biblical account. If you say you're a believer and live like an unbeliever, we're going to call you to repentance. Um, and if you're an unbeliever living on it, like we're going to call you to repentance. But we would never approve, but neither does Jesus approve of sinful, rebellious, sin being practiced in a person's life never ever and if you're practicing sin not you personally but someone listening in to me right now practicing sin that is a very dangerous warning sign that god has for you today for you to repent and come back to the lord amen all right well thanks for calling thank you thank you so much all right bye-bye all right, I'm sorry we're coming to the end of the show. I know, Robert, you've been waiting, but uh, we're not going to be able to get to you. Please call back. Um, get to church this weekend. Uh, know that the Lord wants... Here at Calvary, we have Saturday night, 6 p.m., um, Sunday morning, 8.45, 10.45. Love to have you come out. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. Also, go to my blog, edtaylor.org. You want more information. Download our app. That's the best way uh, to connect with us it's free just put my name in your uh you know wherever you get your apps ed taylor and it'll pop up turn on notifications let's stay connected let's be strong together in the in the lord so god bless you guys love to hear from you feedback let's pray together and let's go for it with the love of jesus christ in so many different ways abiding in christ drawing from his strength and resources god bless you guys You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.